not even being addressed. And as I stated, I believe that there is a complicity, a complicity in um, helping to basically say that these vaccines are safe when there are significant harms that are associated with them. All right, thank you very much. To you, sir. Thank you. Our Attorney General is considered our top cop, and that's because the Attorney General is in charge of our crime lab, the Office of Crime Victim Services, prosecutors, DCI, like the FBI of Wisconsin, as well as training and standards for our law enforcement. And right now in Wisconsin, historic violence and drugs, Milwaukee is setting murder records. We are seeing violence bleed across our state in record drug overdose deaths from fentanyl, methamphetamine, and opioids. Our Attorney General's response to this, defunding police and prosecutors from our Department of Justice and mismanaging our crime lab, where he's actually taking in less items to test, testing less items, and taking longer to test them, making it more difficult for prosecutors like me in my 10th year as the elected DA in Fond du Lac County and our law enforcement. The job of our Attorney General is to fight crime, and Josh Call has failed miserably, and his number one campaign promise when he first ran was the crime lab. He made that the central theme of his campaign, and he has failed. And he's also done nothing to defend the integrity of our elections, and that's because when he was in private practice, he was challenging our election laws in federal court, working for the Hillary Clinton law firm that helped create that steel dossier, where I'm prosecuting more election fraud than anyone else in Wisconsin and have a long track record of locking up dangerous criminals. Thank you very much. Thank you both. Um, what separates you from the other attorney general candidates, even those that are not here? Okay. Um, I think what separates me is I have a very uh, a significant record of, of uh, actually dealing with the election integrity issues. <clears throat> As a private attorney, a year and a half ago, I started the Amos Center for Justice. And I did that as the pandemic was descending upon us. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I was dealing with issues related to mask mandates and also the quarantines in school. And then along came the election and the day after that I um, looked around and thought, where in the heck did all these absentee ballot drop boxes coming from? And I, of course, did my research as an attorney and found out they were never legal under Wisconsin law. And I tried to get the attention of the legislature. I um, and uh, to no avail there, I tried to contact a number of legislators. They weren't interested. And so I decided to file a lawsuit, Mueller v. Weck, and I took that on an original action up to the Supreme Court of the United, or I'm sorry, the Supreme Court of Wisconsin. And uh, after <clears throat> reviewing the case, they decided not to take it. But before they decided that, um, I got notified that uh, the Democratic National Committee wanted to intervene, and their attorneys were Perkins Coy, Mark Elias, who was Hillary Clinton's attorney. And uh, so they wanted to intervene, and on uh, Wednesday of that same week, they issued a response, and in that response, they came back with their uh, evidence that there should be no, um, no determination that the boxes would be illegal 
because how could they be illegal when they submitted proof that our own Speaker of the Assembly, Robin Voss, had okayed them? And so my position from that was that um, one of trying again to get the attention of the legislature and other people because it was obvious that the Supreme Court was not interested. Thank you. Thank you very much. So there's a significant difference. Uh, we've got some wonderful candidates in all of our statewide races. This race is no different. I'm the only candidate that's ever prosecuted a case in our Republican primary or in the entire race here in Wisconsin, in our Wisconsin courtroom. We haven't elected an attorney general that has never prosecuted a case since 1963. And that person that won had military experience. And that's because our attorney general is our top cop. And as we see historic violence and drugs sweeping across Wisconsin, we do not have time for on the job training where attorney generals are making decisions on what should sexual assault training policy be? How are we gonna direct our prosecutor resources? How are we gonna direct those crime lab resources? What type of training and standards are we going to have for our law enforcement? And that is the job of the Attorney General as our top cop. And I'm also the only candidate that's actually prosecuting election fraud here in Wisconsin. The New York Times actually ran a hit piece on me about a month ago because I'm prosecuting more election fraud than anyone else in Wisconsin. I also filed a complaint about WEC trying to get those five board members that broke the law removed because they violated the special voting deputy law all across Wisconsin, exceeding their statutory authority. And I also filed a complaint, this is kind of funny, with WEC, on WEC, and as you can imagine, they, they actually sent me a letter that said, we have a conflict of interest, so we're taking no action. I have a track record of standing up for the integrity of our elections and prosecuting cases with our cops in the courtrooms, helping find justice on behalf of victims here in Wisconsin. Thank you very much. The Biden administration has demonstrated that it's completely incompetent in a lot of things. When dealing with Americans, uh, when dealing with the southern border specifically, according to U.S. News and World Report, more than, two, than 260,000 Americans have died of drug overdoses in the last two years, including 66,000 from fentanyl. Wisconsin has been trying to address some of these problems legislatively. As Attorney General, how do you begin to address these problems? And we'll start with you. First of all, legislatively is the way that it needs to happen in terms of, um, of uh, finding uh, whether or not we can stop the use of the illegal drugs. But in terms of stopping people from coming into our state, that is a law enforcement issue and we're going to have to, I think, get very tough with people that have an illegal alien status. And um, I think there are ways that have been ignored uh, that we can look at. And uh, certainly one thing I don't think that we should move in the direction of having a driver's license for illegal aliens. By definition, illegal means illegal. And uh, we should not be affording any privileges uh, to people who are here illegally. And uh, so that is the first step, but there are many other steps with fighting uh, the drug uh, problem that is epidemic in this state. Um, so obviously I don't have the experience in fighting that directly. I do however have 
the will to learn how to do that. But again, what I would go back to is, is that we also have other pressing problems that are being ignored. And we have many innocent people in this state that are being killed for a variety of reasons that have the implication of the state and the federal government, which also entails civil rights. And civil rights is an area that I am very, very focused on and am uh, very well educated on and have acted on that in a variety of ways. And so being the top cop is one aspect, but being a civil rights attorney is also very important. Thank you. Thank you very much. Same question to you, sir. I have sat across from too many parents that have had to bury their child from a drug death. I just listened in court at a sentencing where we sent a Milwaukee man to prison for over a decade that delivered fentanyl in Milwaukee that killed a man in Fond du Lac. And my office charged that Milwaukee man with homicide. That border crisis is in our streets. All you need to do is walk into any Wisconsin courtroom and you will see the drug deaths and the drug crime. That's why as Attorney General, I have pledged I will join or file those federal lawsuits to force the Biden administration to enforce our immigration laws because by April of last year, they had seized more fentanyl at the border than they had in all of 2020 combined, where Joe Biden is effectively like a third base coach, just rounding people into the country, and is now trying to lift Title 42, making it even easier for people to come into this country. But we need to aggressively prosecute those that are dealing poison to our communities and killing our kids. And that's what my record is as a district attorney, where we put together large drug conspiracies, where we've charged 15, 20 people at a time, whether it's related to cocaine or others related to fentanyl. But we've also looked at this, law enforcement will tell you, we can't just arrest our way out of the problem. That's why for those lower level offenders, we look at drug court, drug testing, making sure that we're directing resources. Because when I go to a drug court graduation and I see a family get their child back, that's one of the proudest moments that I have as a DA because I can send somebody to prison for what they've done, but I can't rewind and unring the bell where somebody's died or a crime has been committed. And we have to tackle this from every angle. That's what I've been doing for nearly a decade as a district attorney. That's what I will do as your attorney general to make sure that we keep our community safe and address this opioid epidemic. And that is the responsibility of our attorney general. And he's failed us. Thank you very much. Um, so this next question is actually two parts. Um, so first, as Wisconsin, as the Wisconsin Attorney General, how will you protect us from government overreach? Do you have a plan to partner with other states or lead this effort? And then um, as a follow-up, do you think individuals, businesses should be forced to comply with rules that don't align with their deeply held beliefs? And we'll start with you, Karen. The way that I intend to, um, well, first of all, I do have a plan for working with other attorney generals uh, when I am elected attorney general. And uh, at this point, it uh, mainly revolves around uh, the mandates throughout this country uh, that are being forced on people, uh, not only by the federal government, but now voluntarily by individual businesses um, who somehow think that they have the right uh, to determine private health care decisions for people. And uh, what we need to do is to work together 
I believe, to sue the federal government uh, to stop the mandates, but to stop, to not only stop the mandates, but to also stop the vaccine production itself. Uh, there are lethal doses within the vaccines um, that have already been well documented. Uh, the Bears reporting system of the CDC has over 26,000 deaths. This is um, not acceptable. In 1976, after the swine flu uh, ended the lives of 53 Americans, they ended the program. So why is 26,000 okay? It is not. And um, so I would uh, work, I would form a coalition of other attorney generals to work on this problem. Americans are being experimented upon, and they are do uh, this is being done without their informed consent. So I would respectfully disagree that that uh, the number one problem today is uh, the drug problem because we have innocent people who are not given the ability to make the choice as to whether or not to take certain drugs. They're being given the drugs in hospitals. They are being mandated these vaccines uh, for jobs. And when it comes down to taking a vaccine or losing your job, many are forced into this and they've lost their lives. Thank you. I actually have a track record of standing up against government overreach. When the mask mandate was issued here in Wisconsin, I refused to enforce it. But I just didn't say, well, I'm not gonna enforce it. I put my legal rationale in a letter, sending it to my local officials, telling them how Tony Evers exceeded his authority and we would not enforce that mask mandate once in Fond du Lac County, and we never did, because I told my cops in public health, we will not enforce it. When that illegal extended order came out in April of 2020, we never enforced it once in Fond du Lac County. And on top of that, within days of that being announced, I started a task force called Reopen Fond du Lac, giving our businesses the tools and resources they needed to stay open or reopen because Tony Evers was painting a broad brush across all of Wisconsin, failing to recognize the differences across our state. Because the truth is this, we never convicted anybody of anything related to COVID in Fond du Lac County. We never shut down a single business or church. And I've met with attorney generals across Wisconsin and our Republican Attorney General's Association so that we can push back against Joe Biden and that government overreach. And I've pledged, as your attorney general, I will join or file any federal lawsuits <coughs> that are necessary to protect your right to decide if you want a COVID shot because the government has no business making that decision for you. And I have a track record of standing up for the rule of law. That's what separates us from the left. We don't just follow it when we agree with it, but every time, and that's what makes America that shining city on a hill, that when we disagree with the law, we work with our legislature to try and change the law, but we have to enforce the rule of law and not just when it's popular, otherwise we're no different than the left. Thank you. Roe versus Wade is currently with the Supreme Court. If it is overturned, it will then become a state's issue. What will you do as AG if it does become a state's issue? We'll start with you, ma'am. Okay. Uh, if it becomes a state issue, um, that is still on the books, that is still current law, and I will enforce the law. Um, and uh, beyond that, I also support a personhood amendment, and I would support that if it came um, down to that. But I'm not a, legislature's, a legislator, and so I have to enforce the law as it is, not as I wish it to be. 
And uh, so right now we are all in a situation where um, this is the law of the land. Um, I could argue all day that I believe constitutionally uh, life begins at uh, conception, which is my personal belief, but I am still bound by the law um, as it is in the state of Wisconsin. So if it's rolled back, uh, Roe v. Wade, uh, which it should be, it's been around 49 years too long, um, then um, I would be more than happy to uh, enforce uh, the, um, the ban, the prohibition on abortions because we are killing life. Thank you very much. Same question to you, sir. So as a district attorney, we're the ones that would be charged with enforcing that abortion ban if Roe versus Wade is overturned. And I've made a commitment as a DA that I will do just that, enforce that ban. And as attorney general, I will provide the resources and guidance to our district attorneys across Wisconsin to help them also enforce that ban. Because Josh Call, our liberal attorney general, he actually came out and said, if Roe versus Wade is overturned, he will not defend the law. And you gotta wonder why. And I think it's because he disagrees with it. And that's what his track record is. When he disagrees with the law, he will not defend or enforce it. Now, I'm proud to be endorsed by Wisconsin Right to Life, and that means a lot to me. Uh, my mom married my dad when she was about 19, and my older brother was born about a year later. Now, I think about a soon-to-be expecting you know, almost 20-year-old mom that might say, this is too hard. Maybe not yet. I don't think I'm ready. Now, my mom was raised in a Christian family. My brother and I were raised in a Christian family, and abortion was never an option or consideration for my mom. And because of that, my older brother is here, and I can't imagine life without him. And so I will proudly defend the right to life with all of you as a district attorney and as your attorney general. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes. So this kind of leads into this next question of what role do you think the Attorney General has or should have in supporting district attorneys? Karen? I think there should be broad power um, and yet restrained. Um, and what I mean by that is as long as I am Attorney General, if I see that that DA is, is following the law and is upholding the law and uh, doing their job, then I believe that uh, they are the ones that are closest uh, to uh, what is going on in that community and they should have the complete power um, uh, to, uh, to uh, litigate that case. However, if I were in the position of seeing a DA who repeatedly failed to follow the law or ignored uh, life issues, then I would want to be able to step in and uh, to the extent that we can do that, I would do that. To the extent that there are restraints on our powers, I would want to ask the legislature and the governor to broaden those powers to make sure that the attorney general has the oversight and the ability to move forward um, and to make sure that not only the statutory laws, but that the Constitution of the United States and of Wisconsin are fully upheld. Thank you. So the Attorney General has the statutory obligation to provide guidance to law enforcement and district attorneys. And being that we're on the, the tail end of Crime Victims Rights Week, Marcy's Law, 
Anybody here familiar with Marcy's Law? Many, many people aren't, but that passed in 2020, and it effectively leveled the playing field for victims and criminal defendants to make sure that if you're the victim of a crime and you're in court, you have the right for your voice to be heard to tell the judge, I don't want this case adjourned. I want it going to trial. I don't like that resolution, or I don't want this amendment. And our Attorney General, Josh Hall, was missing in action. He failed to provide guidance to DAs and law enforcement across Wisconsin, where we had 72 counties trying to do things differently. That's another example of where Josh Call has failed us, because the Attorney General puts on training conferences for prosecutors as well, and we need those conferences to address the crime, the drug issues that we are seeing, to make sure that if we're dealing with Roe versus Wade being overturned, that prosecutors understand how they can prosecute these cases, how they can prove them. Josh Call has actually gutted the prosecutors at our Department of Justice by probably between 20 and 30% during this historic violence and drugs. And I've also proposed giving our Attorney General original criminal jurisdiction over Milwaukee to take on that violent crime that John Chisholm has been unable or unwilling to prosecute because that violence in Milwaukee, if we protect Milwaukee, we protect all of Wisconsin because that violence bleeds across our state. I've seen it as a DA in Fond du Lac. You talk to your DAs all across Wisconsin, that Milwaukee crime bleeds across our state and is a hub of drugs across Wisconsin. And we need an attorney general that will actually stand with our prosecutors and stand with our law enforcement. Because I'll tell you, these frontline prosecutors start out making $52,000 a year. They're overworked, they're underpaid, they don't have the resources. And when I see our attorney general and another attorney general candidate who's not here, excuse me, attacking those frontline prosecutors, that's unconscionable to me. Thank you very much. Representative Tim Rantham's AJR 120 relies heavily on U.S. versus Throckmorton in asserting that fraud vitiates everything. Two-part question. Number one, have you analyzed the case law cited in AJR 120? And the second part of that, do you believe that decertification of the November 2020 election would be constitutionally permissible course of action at this point in time? And I'll start with you, sir. Thank you. So I've had a chance to review Representative Rantham's, I think, 71, 72-page PowerPoint. I've read the legal opinions attached to it. I've listened to podcasts from some of those legal uh, scholars that have also advocated for decertification. I've read the case that you've referenced as well. And one of the biggest challenges that I've seen is people are trying to raise a family. They're trying to work one, two more jobs, enjoy life. They don't know who or what information to trust. And that becomes a challenge as I've had these conversations visiting 57 counties across Wisconsin. And so every time we have seen an election overturned in one capacity or another based on fraud, a court has made that determination. And we have a separation of powers. Now, I'd like us to think back to 2016 if we had a Democrat legislature here in Wisconsin. Under that analysis of decertification, what would have stopped them from decertifying President Trump's win in 2016. Nothing. There would have been nothing that could have stopped that. And think about how rabid the woke liberal left was in 2016 and that they continued on to this day. They would have decertified that election. But that's what separates us. We follow the rule of law. And the fact of the matter is no court has made that finding of fraud and the legislature would effectively be stealing the authority of our judicial branch. Supreme, former Supreme Court Justice Dan Kelly has come out and said, 
decertification is not possible. And I know it's not popular for everyone to hear, but there is no constitutional or legal mechanism for decertification, and I do not support it. But I do support investigating and making sure that any of that fraud that happened is prosecuted. That's why I'm prosecuting more election fraud than anyone else in Wisconsin. That's why I filed complaints against WEC to try and remove those board members that broke the law because elections are the cornerstone of our democracy and we have to defend it at all costs. But that doesn't mean no matter how bad we want something that we try to go in the direction because the left wants this to be the issue in November 2020. They want to be able to say democracy is on the ballot. That is their plan because they have no record to stand on other than inflation, high gas prices, a failed policy, and record historic violence and drugs sweeping across Wisconsin. Thank you, sir. Same question to you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. We have a constitutional republic, and so we rely on the Constitution. And there is nothing in the Constitution, either the Wisconsin Constitution or the U.S. Constitution, that would stop Wisconsin from decertifying or rescinding the 10 electoral votes. I am in fact uh, supportive of this. In fact, I was one of the people that wrote the letters to Timothy Rantham supporting the idea. And my reasoning is based on Throgmorton uh, in part, uh, but you have to go and look at what the fraud was to be able to determine if that is possible. Possible, And in this particular case, what we have is we have a Speaker of the House Assembly, uh, Robin Voss, who decided to determine on his own that the absentee ballot drop boxes were legal, when in fact the plain meaning of the statute says that they are illegal. And they, they don't say that expressly. What the statute says is, there are two ways of delivering the ballot. And if you don't use one of these two methods, then you cannot uh, deliver, or then you cannot count those ballots. The statute goes on and says, not only can you not count the ballots, but you cannot use those ballots that were delivered in that illegal way to be counted. Now, when Speaker Voss wanted the assembly to certify those 10 electoral votes, he knew that he had made them legal in an illegal manner because he is not a king. He does not have the ability to legislate what the law is by himself, and neither did Scott Fitzgerald. Therefore, that particular fraud is vitiated. And so because of that, the uh, electoral votes are already null and void, in my opinion. And uh, I want to just say this is, not going to, uh, this is not going to put President Trump back in office. Our 10 electoral votes alone, alone do not uh, do that. Uh, that would be a much more difficult decision down the road. But I believe for Wisconsin to be able to restore what has been broken here, we need to take these steps for the sake of Wisconsin. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Um, okay, nationwide, and not including COVID, there have been 45 law enforcement officers killed 
and 101 shot in the line of duty in 2022. As Attorney General, how will you seek to protect and support our law enforcement officers? Eric, we'll start with you. This is one of the reasons I got into this race. I watched, like all of you, Tony Evers condemned and convicted a police officer in the wake of that Jacob Blake shooting in Kenosha with no facts. And our Attorney General did nothing that night. Our Attorney General was investigating that shooting and he failed to push back and say, what the governor just told you is not true. There are more facts. We will protect the integrity of the investigation and remain calm because he had to have known Jacob Blake was armed with a knife. But then he did something worse. He turned his back on our cops. And that's personal to me. My dad spent over 30 years as a police officer. I've grown up worrying about his safety. On March 20th, 2011, I didn't know if my dad was alive. Officer Craig Burkholz was shot and killed in the city of Fond du Lac, and Officer Ryan Williams was shot. But I didn't know the names yet, and I couldn't get a hold of my dad, and I couldn't get a hold of my dad, until my now stepmom, who's a retired detective, got a hold of me and lied, and said, your dad's fine, he's not working. The reason she lied is because my dad was working, my dad did respond to that scene, but my dad made it home. I still get to say I love you, and see my dad, where Craig's family never gets that opportunity. I've sat across from the family of a murdered state trooper, 21-year-old Trevor Casper, who gave his life in the city of Fond du Lac to stop someone that had robbed a bank in Marinette County and murdered someone. At 21 years old, he laid down his life for our community, and I had to tell his parents how he died a hero. So when I see our Attorney General turn his back on law enforcement as we see recruitment and retention issues, across our state and country for law enforcement. It's because of people like Josh Call and Tony Evers that turned their back on our cops and we need a top cop that will stand with our law enforcement, that will be that voice and use that bully pulpit to make sure that our law enforcement knows the AG has their back, but it's not a blank check. I had to write a letter to one of my police chiefs last year saying, I will never prosecute a case from this detective again because of the honesty, racial bias, I should say dishonesty, racial bias, and other mishandling of evidence issues that he had that I could never put a victim through risking justice in a circumstance like that. So I've held our law enforcement accountable, but I will proudly stand with them as attorney general because that's what we need in this toxic environment is an AG who stands with our cops. Thank you. Ma'am? Thank you. Um, the only way for you to be safe uh, in our communities is for you to have strong law enforcement officers um, that are respected and supported by the community and are supported by uh, the administration that is currently in power. And that should be uh, a nonpartisan decision. And unfortunately, as Eric has stated, that has become very partisan and I find that very very sad along with him. Um, I am the wife of a 28-year uh, law enforcement officer, and I am also the mother of a 20-year uh, law enforcement officer who served in the Marine Corps and was uh, you know, ended up in the Criminal Investigative Division uh, for the end of her tenure. And so uh, law enforcement is very near and dear to my heart um, as a, both a mom and as a wife wondering if they are going to come home is something I've personally experienced and uh, not only in a, in a very good way. Uh, sometimes it has been uh, very negative. Um, so 
I am somebody who is going to give every benefit of the doubt to the split-second decisions that law enforcement has to make each and every day, every time they get in their car or go out on the street. At the same time, I am not going to be a friend to rogue cops um, who go outside of the law, who violate the constitutional rights of citizens. And uh, so that is, that is very much a uh, uh, promise that I intend to uphold. In addition to that, I want to say that uh, uh, about 10 years ago, um, in a pro bono case, uh, I did this just on my own, I supported the family of uh, Jason Zunker, who lost his life. Uh, he was killed alongside a northern uh, road, uh, northern uh, Wisconsin road and I enlisted the help of both the National Fraternal Order um, of uh, Law Enforcement and also the Alliance Defending Freedom to help me uh, to make sure that his monument was not sandblasted because local county officials thought that him having his own personal beliefs of, of uh, uh, put on his monument that uh, his First Amendment rights should not be respected, and uh, we won that, and that monument is still there today. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're out of time. Um, I think we have one more question, so, and we'll move to closing. Yeah, we're going to have one more question, and let me just first and foremost say thank you very much, and, and I need to make an apology. Uh, in the initial um, start of this, we were supposed to give you opening statements, and we did forget that. Uh, when you mess up, you fess up, and we apologize. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to give you four minutes um, to make your closing argument. So we'll start that after this question. I just wanted to make sure we did apologize for that. So uh, the final question that we have for you is, give us your single best argument for why you believe you can beat Josh Call. I'll start with you, sir, and then we'll work to you, ma'am. Thank you very much. So I'm in my 10th year as an elected district attorney prosecuted everything you can think of from cold case homicides, racketeering, sexual assault, complex drug cases, to voter fraud. And I grew up in a law enforcement family my entire life. But before that, I also spent about two and a half years making my cop dad proud. He's a police officer, and I was doing criminal defense work. So he's arresting him, and I'm helping defend him. But I saw the other side of the aisle. I would sit across from clients that would be coming up from Milwaukee or Chicago, talking to them and they would say, well, they didn't care about this down there because law enforcement was so under-resourced and understaffed, so why do you care about it up here? Basically what they were saying was, I got away with it down there, I should be able to get away with it up here. And I say that from personal experience, talking to these former clients of mine. As we see Milwaukee on pace for its third straight murder record, and they're on pace this year to have the most women ever killed and are setting record for drug overdose deaths, we, cannot afford to continue down that path. I've used virtually every resource of the Department of Justice from their civil litigation, criminal litigation, their crime lab, their training and standards, the Office of Crime Victim Services. As we experience these significant issues across Wisconsin, we don't have time for on-the-job training. We need an attorney general that can step in, hit the ground running, clean up our crime lab, restore the criminal litigation unit of prosecutors, restore the DCI agent positions that have been left unfilled, because I've seen this from every angle of the criminal justice system and have been supported by sheriffs and DAs, Republicans and Democrats across Wisconsin, and that is the record that can defeat Josh Call because we cannot afford to lose this election, because if we do, I guarantee you, he will be running for governor in four years. 
Same question to you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. I think I can beat Josh Call because he and the Evers administration have all together collectively ignored the number one crime issue of the century, in fact, of the founding of our country. We have never had a criminal apparatus like we do right now, both in the state of Wisconsin and throughout this country, and uh, one that has been ignored by legislators, both at the state and the federal level. And that is of the countless families that I have heard from that have lost loved ones um, or are in, the, in uh, losing loved ones and they don't know where to turn. They don't know where to turn, and when they call their legislators, they ignore them. And, uh, and uh, we have the Evers administration and Josh Call that have ignored uh, the, the uh, lethal effects of these vaccines. And this is true, and it's like the elephant in the room. And everybody's ignoring what is in the room here. And when I talk about it, I think it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. And you might think, well, she's just crazy. Well, normally what I would do when I go out to talk is I ask people how many people um, in this room right now believe that they have lost a loved one or an in one has been injured because of the vaccine. Invariably, I get about 10% of the room that raises their hands. I ask the question of how many people in a room um, here, these are conservatives now, believe that they have lost a loved one, or I should say more specifically, believe that a loved one in the hospital has been murdered. And invariably, I get about 10% of the room, the hands go up. Um, and so I won't ask that question here, but the truth is, is that this is the number one crime. And it is not being talked about and it is a genocide, and it needs to be addressed by somebody that has been following it and understands it. These are dangerous times. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you. Okay, so now we are to our closing our, our closing statements, excuse me, not arguments. Uh, but we'll start with you, Eric. You have four minutes. Thank you. I'll, I'll be giving a closing argument in about a week and a half in a homicide trial. So uh, sometimes we defer opening statements in uh, jury trials as well. But I just want Karen, thank you for being here. It's great to, to be here. And I've gotten to know Karen a little bit on the campaign trail. It's been great getting to know her. And it's unfortunate we didn't have all of our participants here today. But I could not be more proud to be in this race for attorney general. And I'm so grateful to all of you that showed up today because you actually got to learn about us as candidates and not just hear our stump speeches, and I wish we could have even more of these all across Wisconsin. So I want to thank St. Croix County, our moderators as well, for helping put this on, because I know this is not easy to put an event on like this. You've got the placards and everything and the planning that goes into this. So thank you so much for that opportunity for all of us. But when we look at this attorney general's race, you know, I've visited 57 counties across Wisconsin, and I've looked into the eyes and had the conversations where people are concerned. What's going to happen? in November. And the energy across the state, I could feel it in the room before we were coming in. You could feel it as well. That energy is across our state. Republican parties are setting record crowds. Our patriot groups are setting record crowds. And we have parents involved like we've never seen before because of critical race theory. That they are going to make sure 
that they take back our school boards, that our kids stay in class, and that we don't teach that to our kids in our schools. Now, I come from the birthplace of the Republican Party, Fond du Lac County, with Ripon, Wisconsin. Our party was founded on ending slavery in America. I can't think of a party formed for a more noble cause. And we were called radical Republicans back then for ending slavery in America. That is who we were. That is who we are. That is what we must remind the left and Wisconsin about. Because we want our history taught in our schools, but critical race theory has no place in our schools. So you take that and the poll workers and poll watchers that our Republican parties across this state have recruited, we didn't have that in 2020. You put all of that together and we will win in November if we stick together, send the right candidates forward that can beat Josh Hall, beat Tony Evers, we will win if we stick together and keep our collective foot on the gas pedal. And I say that because I've seen it across the state. I'm proud to be endorsed by 45 of our 72 sheriffs. Nearly 100 sheriffs and DAs and police chiefs across Wisconsin, including your sheriff and DA here in St. Croix County. I also have the endorsement from the Wisconsin Fraternal Order of Police. They unanimously endorsed me at their conference. And Josh Hall, Josh Hall couldn't even be bothered to show up. All you really need to remember about Josh Hall is he's a bad call for Wisconsin. <laughs> I tell the dad jokes at work as well, but I'm also proud to be endorsed by the Milwaukee and Racine Police Associations. Thousands of our cops across Wisconsin know that I have a tough on crime track record, that I will lock up dangerous criminals, defend the integrity of our elections, protect your right to decide if you want a COVID shot or not, because I will never tell you something just because I think you want to hear it. I will be upfront with you every time, and that means you might disagree with my decisions at times, but I'm gonna follow the law and work with our legislature to change the law when I disagree, because that is how Republicans and conservatives operate, even if the left doesn't want to. And as I said before, we haven't elected an attorney general that's never prosecuted a case since 1963. We had a Democrat attorney general under Governor Republican Tommy Thompson for a couple terms, and J.B. Van Holland, a Republican, won in 2006 in what was a blue wave across Wisconsin in the country because the Democrats ran a candidate that had never prosecuted a case before. And I like to joke as Republicans, I like to think we're a little bit smarter than the Democrats and we won't make the mistakes that they made because we may see a red wave, but our voters will look differently at the Attorney General's race. And that is why we have to make sure we're sending the right candidates forward that can hit the ground running to address these problems that we are seeing in our communities. And again, my name is Eric Tony. Uh, I'd love to get your support on August 9th. We also have nomination papers if you'd be willing to sign those. But um, thank you all for being here today. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank, thank you. Um, I came into the race late. That was nobody's decision but mine. Um, I announced on um, March uh, 19th. And I think by that time, um, uh, my opponent here and, and um, the other one that is not here um, had already had the opportunity, uh, to their credit, uh, to speak to numerous law enforcement uh, officers and agencies, which I have not had, again, because of nobody's fault but my own and the timing with which. So I wanted to make that clear. Um, but uh, I also want to say um, that I deeply respect Eric's uh, uh, time in the DA's office, and I very much thank you for that. So, um, but I also have to say that I have not prosecuted a criminal but I 
have to also say that we learned, every lawyer learns criminal law and criminal procedure in law school. There could possibly be some areas where I would need to get up to speed, but frankly that is true of every attorney when they change to a new area of the law. They have to get up on speed. You have to become an expert very quickly in that area of the law. Also, there will be people that are seasoned and know exactly what they're doing, who I will be supervising. And I do not have a problem supervising people and letting them know what is satisfactory and what is not satisfactory. I also want to say that I believe fully in the constitutional right to carry because I believe fully in the Constitution. I ran for office in 2014, and I ran on a message of defending the Constitution and restoring our freedoms. A year and a half ago, I started the Amos Center for Justice and Liberty, and uh, that, uh, again, was based on defending the Constitution and restoring our freedoms. And my motto today and my message is we need to restore the we need to defend the Constitution at all costs and we need to restore our freedoms. And that includes life. And that is the issue that I am most concerned about. I am the only candidate of the AGs that has been endorsed by Pro-Life Wisconsin. And that does mean no exceptions. I will hit the ground running if I am elected Attorney General. And I will be opening investigations into the vaccine issues. I will be opening an investigation into the suspicious deaths in hospitals. And if those allegations are substantiated, I will be willing to prosecute or I will work with DAs and encourage that at the county level. I also intend to open an investigation into the considerable wrongdoing uh, among various people that I have already investigated in my private practice that uh, involves the election law violations. And that includes um, Robin Voss. And um, to close, I would ask for your vote, but before that I would ask for your prayers because that is the only way that I think I will be getting elected. I need your financial support. I would ask and encourage you to sign my papers. And um, again, I just thank you for allowing us to come here today and to be able to tell you who we are. And um, I just thank you and God bless you. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, please give these candidates a hand.